0: uh thank you for coming in mr door
1: is done right uh please have a seat i am sydney
0: sorry it's kind of hard to tell with your amorphous void
1: these chairs are
2: uncomfortable i mean what can we say startup woes right so look we'll make this quick the position we currently have open is for a community manager do you have any experience
1: in that realm i have traveled through the realms I am the ruler of eternal darkness, decay, entropy, malign knowledge, insanity, and cold.
0: Malign knowledge. Good. Seems like you could have experience with Reddit then.
2: (laughs) Wait. I would have to use Reddit? No! Gond, no. We would never ask that. This job would consist mostly of Facebook and Twitter, social media posts, and interacting with our Discord.
0: Does that seem like something you can do there, Thazerunren? All of those who come in contact
1: with me are driven
0: mad.
2: That explains my sudden intense paranoia.
0: And why I've wet myself. Mr. Thar is done. I gotta say, this is going really well. Garen, I would have to agree. You've got such a great vibe, Mr. Thazer.
1: Thank you. After I was imprisoned by the other deities for trying to destroy existence, I tried to meditate. Downloaded some free apps.
2: Oh, I hear you on that. I got this one that's only two bucks. Never pay for apps. I mean, I get that. But there's something to be said for premium content. You can't handle
1: a few ads? Your crippling attachment to instant gratification convinces you it's okay to make a couple of microtransactions? It's less than a cup of coffee, they say. What about the cost of your perception of the world when getting coppered and silvered a little at a time is just how things go? And then you wonder why you're supposed to make a middle-class living after you spent equivalent to 315 cups of coffee on apps you don't even use anymore.
0: Dude, Fazderun just crushed you.
1: Yes, that was awesome. Welcome to the lab! Thanks, guys. I'm really happy to have this chance, real quick. What's your insurance plan? I haven't been to a dentist in a few millennia.
2: Dan, would you please start the theme song right now, please? Yep,
0: Alexa, play Critical Booty by The Lab Boys.
1: Sorry, I'm not sure about that.
0: Garen, you ready? It's about to drop. Do it. Dungeons and Dragons. Dan here. I started out in 5e. And me, I was sitting behind the DM screen. Yeah. That was three short years ago I built a dragonborn fighter with no gusto Fast
2: forward a year
0: We're buying supplements and copping brand new gear Incessantly making characters for one another The only one who cared, of course, was our brother a new character, score them all day Each and every week, a brand new
2: baby How's their melee? How's their range? How's their magic? How controlling? How range?
0: That's not a category.
2: Just... Keep going.
0: Uh, I think we were here. Just grab a comfy chair and a glass of mead, another fresh episode in your feed. Other podcasts can be kinda drab. This ain't one, it's the character lab.
2: Welcome to the DD Character Lab, the show based around one thing we as players cannot resist
0: and that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers with a little help from our patrons to convince the other that our baby is better. Welcome back, this is Dan. And Garen, and this week we curled
2: up and read another piece from one of our favorite community creators, Alex Klippinger, with his best-selling DMs Guild product, The Tome of Packs.
0: That's right, it's a 52-page knockout for the low price of $4.95. Alex took the time to flesh out and bring immersion to classic warlock patrons such as the Archfey, Celestial, and Fiend, and added a few new patrons of his own creation.
2: Now while he doesn't add any mechanics to previous patrons such as the Archfey, he goes into wonderful details such as boon quirks, which give a new layer to the feel of a warlock by having illusory vines curl around their blade or their tome turns translucent under moonlight as a sign of the connection to a powerful fey entity. Alex's
0: approach to content is one of heart and patience, and that's why we're so excited to have his work featured on the lab. But let's not tease any further, shall we Garen? Would you introduce us to your warlock this week?
2: Happy to, Dan. Pila grew up amongst a wild band of hill goblins. Despite being one of their number, she was often perplexed by the haphazard and chaotic way they chose to drift through life. Raiding villages and scavenging for food held no order or balance, most often leaving the tribe to squabble for even the smallest scrap of meat. But one boy goblin, or Boblin as they're sometimes called, caught her eye. His name was Copa, and she could tell right away he was different from the rest. His head was almost perfectly symmetrical, apart from a slight height difference of his ears, and this was quite a feat in a race where lumps and boils were so common. When Pila spoke to Copa, she found him to be reserved and quiet, and she liked that contrast because it emphasized her thought that the chaotic goblin life didn't have to be the only way. In time, she convinced him to run away with her and find a world that believed in at least some shred of balance. They traveled to the nearest big city, where they were promptly arrested and jailed just for being goblins. In the dungeons, they were given to a wild-eyed wizard named Namskar that informed them they would be perfect for his experiments. He had been working on opening a stable portal between the planes, and so far, the only issue is the size of the portals were too tight for medium humanoids to squeeze through, but their tiny bodies would be perfect. Coppa was selected first and shoved into the portal to the plane of fire. It worked, and he was roasted. Namskar was pleased, but realized if he wanted to do more tests, he should try planes that weren't so hazardous. So he selected the perfectly mundane and orderly Mechanus, tied a rope around Pila's waist, and tossed her in. Pila's jaw dropped when she saw the beautiful symmetry of the place. Everything had a place and a place for everything. She promptly chewed through the rope and frolicked off into her dream world. Running into Modrons, she asked them a million questions to the point where she accidentally short-circuited a few. It seemed they couldn't handle her enthusiasm for balance. She sought out the most powerful being she could, a great gear that spoke in cranking turns. Pila immediately swore herself into its surface and was marked with a gold oblong emblem that embedded itself into her forehead, stating such. It was shaped like a capsule and so Pila, being from the hills and feeling the thrill of this encounter, decided to change her name to Pills. So I bring to you pila the hill goblin which i took from the ultimate bestiary revenge of the horde by nord games we featured this book once in the past with their original character races and the hill goblin is another fantastic one and of course from alex's book i am using the pact of the mechanists which is a level 16 warlock and my background is the far
0: plains traveler because that's how she got here ready for this episode dan what do you got sounds like you have a very interesting creation i'm excited to learn more about this hill goblin and the pact of the mechanists but first before we get into that i'd like to introduce you to Bonin. see Bonin was the chieftain of a medium-sized band of goliaths a reclusive people who mainly reside in uninhabitable terrain far from the company of others he is and always has been proud of his people in fact, their residency in the High Moors region of Faerun dates back millennia. Though their settlement is quite modest, Bonnen and his Goliath brethren would not dare think of living anywhere else. They would die to protect this desolate and dangerous land that they have called their own. However, six winters ago, Bonnen and his band were faced with the harshest of conditions imaginable. It snowed and snowed and snowed and snowed. Winds in excess of 90 kilometers per hour pummeled the mountaintop village for months on end, with temperatures so low, even this hardy band of Goliath could not withstand the conditions. Bonin and his people lost half of their settlement that winter. It could have been far worse. After three grueling months, the settlement turned to Bonin, desperate for a solution. Won't you help us? We need help! We're starving! Bonin was tapped all out of faith and energy. He had all but given up. He did not think it possible for he and his compatriots to fall victim to the cruel weather conditions. After all, their tolerance of such cold was what set them apart. They wore it as a badge of honor. And then he had remembered the existence of a tome that his grandfather, once a chieftain himself, had given him years ago. It was a tome about storm giants, the mythical beings that were all-powerful and supposedly held the keys to controlling the weather, per some accounts. Bonin never believed in such fables, but he was willing to try anything. He read the tome, which included clear instructions on how to summon a storm giant itself, and even bargain with one. Bonin pleaded, Please, almighty giant, have mercy on me and my people. Give us strength to make it through this winter, but please, have mercy on us. Suddenly, an overwhelming gust of wind, far more powerful than those that he and his people had been pummeled with for months on end, overcame Bonan. It had come with a welcome warmth to it. I can help you, Bonin. You have been too proud to ask for my help until now, but I'm happy you've come around. Not only will I grant you the strength to persevere, I will let you control the weather in a sense as well. Just continue to look out for your brethren and most importantly, guard this land. Never ever give up. Bonin suddenly felt a surge of strength that is still with him to this day. Additionally, he is now able to perform what seemed to be like magic. That he could indeed control the elements around him for him and his people he thanks the storm giant every day for his mercy and guidance and more capably leads his people now more than ever i'm introducing you to bon a level 16 goliath warlock of the storm giant pact possessing the folk hero background this is an exciting build and i am excited to get a little bit more in detail
2: this is a classic gotta do something for your people cause and effect kind of situation
0: A rare, not dark background for me, yes.
2: Exactly what I was about to say. A little sad, but not dark.
0: So, some of you may have noticed by now that we've made 12 characters in 2019, and four of them have been warlocks. And yes, that's a bit unbalanced, but we're so hot on warlocks right now, You might even say we're burning for them like Cantrip Candles. Cantrip Candles are the purveyors of 100% soy candles that are specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures in games like D&D and Pathfinder. They have a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in a fantasy world. Musty Leathersmiths, Hordes of Treasure, or this week's spotlight, Den of Thieves. The hints of smoke, red wine, and aged leather will invoke the mysticism that comes from making a pact with a powerful entity. But to be honest, you can find a scent for all of your adventures in their sampler pack, which offer nine of their scents for an incredibly great and low price. Once you decide that you want to buy every single one of those scents, we're happy to announce that you now can, and the lab will help cover some of the costs. When you type in the code LABRAT, that's L-A-B-R-A-T, all one word, at checkout, you'll receive 10% off your total purchase. So be sure to check them out. That's Cantrip Candles. And if you don't know how to spell cantrip, well, you shouldn't be playing D&D. Thank you, Cantrip Candles, for that message, and I suppose Dan.
2: Now we're about to start our lab battle for today, and if you're new to the show, let me quickly explain. We have nine categories that we prepared arguments for, and each we will state why our character deserves a score between minus two and positive two. It's a spread, like betting on sports, I imagine, because I neither gamble nor watch sport. Finally, once per show, each of us will be able to force the other to roll for the score in which we are arguing as a charisma save using the charisma score for our character. Then at the end, whoever has the most points will win the championship like a sport. Now, we're about to let this battle commence, but before we do, I'd like to welcome someone back to the lab. Uh, Excuse me? Dan, you may remember him from his brief stint as your assistant during our Grease Monkeys episode. Unfortunately, he didn't perform in the way you hoped, so you smashed him. Now, I swept up those pieces of his shattered existence and toiled away for hours in our lab bathroom to bring you today, class two, back in class. Say hello to Dan,
3: class two. Hello, former papa. I look forward to your failure.
0: So is this just going to be kind of the same thing where it's just going to give you plus two all the time and me negative two? Oh, no, 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 no. Class two is now properly calibrated. Let's give it a test
2: run, shall we? me up, new papa. So, in the melee category, I took the dual wielder feat, and I have dual short swords with a plus eight to hit, one d6, plus three damage, which is a potential 18 damage per round. But I also have unerring, my 14th level ability as being a warlock with the pack of the Mechanists, which is all about balance. So, for using a bonus action for one minute, all attacks, get ready for this automatically hit creatures with ac equal to or less than eight plus proficiency plus charisma which is a 19 whoa so 19 or less automatic hit don't even roll to hit just roll damage
0: i like that feature there's nothing like that in fifth edition
2: it's one minute you have to have a long rest to recharge it so there's a balance to that you cannot crit while you're using this feature even if you roll to hit a creature with an ac higher than 19 you cannot crit it's the kind of the drawback, but I think that's a pretty fantastic melee category for a warlock, especially. Now, Class 2, what do you say?
3: I would say plus one is appropriate considering meager damage output yet paired with the guaranteed hits from the unerring feature.
0: That is an upgrade, especially linguistically. Suck it, old
2: papa. Oh, So uh, I think I'll take that plus one.
0: I think you will get a plus one because I really like that feature that's the auto hit for one minute of an AC of 19 or less. Now, I was arguing a plus one, but I I pale in comparison to that, so I will argue a zero here. But before I get into that, since we kind of did this reboot of the show, I've been really failing with my arguments. You know, I've, I've been trying to get more creative, but something just seems to go wrong every time. I mean, case in point, class standing across from me right now. So I was also in my darkest hour, Garen, much like Bonnet. You know, so desperate for answers and just looking to hang it up. Do you know what I did?
2: You consulted at home?
0: No, not quite. I, I called Bonin himself to see if he could teach me any of his tricks, you know? And guess oh, what? Oh, sure. Yeah, he said what he has with his storm giant, you know that patron thing? Yeah, I've got that with him now. So he granted me some of his powers. So You're officially got- a warlock? Well, I- yeah, I've kind of got a thing going with Bonin. You know? Well, no,
2: hold on, hold on. I said you're officially a warlock, and you didn't straight up answer me. I mean, you're a
0: warlock now. Oh, sh- oh well, you know, I, you know, Garen, I don't like to put labels on things. But uh, anyways, moving into melee, I have a plus 14 to hit. That's right. With my great club, I deal out 1d8 plus 9 damage because you remember that great strength that I was given? That was a belt of storm giant strength, and that gives me a total of 29 strength, giving me a plus 9 modifier. Cheating! Uh, sorry class, but it's just an appropriately tooled character to a backstory. You wouldn't know anything about that in that algorithm of yours.
3: You're a tooled character.
0: What do you think about that zero?
3: Zero is acceptable. I would like to deduct one point for cheating.
2: No, class two, he can have a zero.
3: Zero is acceptable.
2: Quite the professorial
0: version of class you've created. I've spent a lot of time on class two. What accent did you exactly give it? It's hard to determine.
2: Uh, you see, I'm not really good with accents, so I just kind of tweaked the way he says some words, and I guess that's kind of a new
0: accent. Oh, you created a new accent? That's, that's cool, okay. This is the sound of your failure! Moving into ranged, yeah, I I guess this is the sound of my failure. I'm, I'm arguing a minus one, so I have a plus five to hit with a short bow, 1d6 piercing damage, but let me tell you something, with strength, like mine, and like Bonin's, all you would do is snap that bowstring, check out these guns! Dan,
2: the fake muscles would be more impressive if you weren't wearing a t-shirt over them.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. So uh, it's so much strength. I can now bench press quite a bit more than I was able to. So uh, minus one, what do you say? Class two, what do you say?
3: Zero on one one zero zero one zero 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 one one zero one 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 zero one zero one one zero one zero one one zero
0: one one zero one one zero one zero one What is this an alt json? No, just some
2: harmless binary Yes, class two, I agree. This is a minus one
0: So what do you have in range?
2: Got a crossbow, plus 8 to hit, 1d6, plus 3. Better than
0: ripping, minus 1. What he said. Okay, so a pair of 1s, but why don't you go ahead and take us into burninating and let's see what class thinks you got in this category.
2: Oh boy. So first of all, I have got something called Eldritch Smite, which is a player's handbook invocation, which by expending a spell slot, you increase your damage on a Eldritch Blast by 1d8. It's 2d8 on the first and then 1d8 after that. Kind of like doing a Divine Smite. So I have my Eldritch Blast dealing an additional 6d8 if I expend a spell slot. I've also got Shatter dealing 6d8. I've got Hunger of Hadar, 2d6 cold damage per turn for up to a minute, and I've got uniform cantrips, where I can choose to activate, and all of my cantrips do average damage automatic, so I am getting no low damage on my cantrip output, which would apply, I believe, to my Eldritch Smite.
3: Get some, you fools!
2: That's right, Class 2. Now, Wall of Light deals 4d8 damage if you touch it, or if I shoot a Radiant Bolt out from it, it'll deal 48 Radiant damage.
3: We will take that sweet plus two, thank you very much. Yeah,
0: so I feel like this is going to be a really strong category for you, so you're going to roll to earn that plus two. I don't have as strong of a, of a burninating category, spoiler alert, so let's see what you get.
2: Well, no surprise here, I got an 18 Charisma, so let's get that plus 4 on that 13 at least. I rolled a 9, not going to cut it. I'll take a plus
0: 1. Ooh, not off to a good start. What do you say, class?
3: The die is airing. Robotics are unairing. My accent is changing.
0: No, don't worry about it, class
2: 2. I'll give you a (laughs) tune-up later.
0: So I'm arguing a plus 1 here. Here's the real problem that you failed to address. At level 16... Warlocks still have a disappointing three spell slots, so I have a spell save DC of 18 with a plus 10 to hit on ranged spell attacks But that really doesn't do a whole hill of beans when you only get three spell slots per short rest But anywho, I've got that eldritch blast with two associated invocations One of them being repelling blast which will push it ten feet and then also lance of lethargy Which I'm kind of reskinning as like an ice blast it reduces the character's speed to 10 feet when they're hit so if you give them an ice blast you know it kind of slows them down you ever been in the snow and you're just kind of slogging through it that's what i was thinking what does that have to do with magic damage anyways investiture of wind frostbite lightning lure thunderclap thunderstep elemental bane sickening radiance that's right i could turn up the sunlight a little bit and wall of light all of that is cast at a fifth level
2: so you also got that wall of light that's a great spell
0: all of that On top of another invocation, Touch of Levistus, which allows you to cast your Chill Touch Cantrip and cause the target to take additional cold damage equal to your Charisma modifier on a hit. If you're within 30 feet of the target, each creature in a straight line between you and the target takes additional cold damage equal to your Charisma modifier with no attack roll required, and my Charisma modifier, Garen, is a plus 5. That invocation is actually out of the Tome of the Pact supplement by Alex Clippinger. The most impressive thing... I, I gave you a lot of words here, but look out that window, Powderpuff. I'm actually making it storm. You see that? Dan, you don't have a window on that wall. That's your TV.
2: Is this cell phone footage? Yep. Uh, this is her- no, I don't there's know your what dog. You're talking
3: about.
0: There's your dog. Your dog, dog looks huge on this
2: no. fake TV window.
0: No, no. Yeah. So anyways, impressive magic indeed. So, uh-huh. uh, I am going to take a plus one. You know
2: what? Because you rub that plus five in my face, I am going to make you roll on this because with your plus five, I think the fates will be on my side and you will still fail it.
0: Okay. So I'm arguing a plus one. The DC is a 15. So that means that I will need to get a 10 or better. I've got a better than 50% shot at getting this. I rolled a 10. Exactly. so close what you got for me now class what you got
3: i will find a way to drink your tears
0: very specific i i I did input a couple of bits of code about malice moving into control of course i'm arguing a plus two here so i have power word stun which 150 hp or lower stunned i like to think of him as saying some words and the target just freezes i love it Investiture of wind is my mystic arcanum. It's a gust of wind surrounds me, giving me a flying speed of 60 feet for up to 10 minutes. I love that, because Goliath's flying is, would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. It would be like Mr. Manhattan. Yeah,
2: I mean, that's those are strong words. Mr. Manhattan is all-powerful, but, I mean, go ahead. If you think that's where this
0: <laughs> is going. I have the Eldritch Sight Invocation, which allows me to cast Detect Magic at will without extending a spell slot, and... Step right on over here, and I will conclude my argument. No, no, right there. Yep. What's this? Okay. And I also have Dimension Door, Banishment, Cause Fear. Do you feel the rain? That's all me, baby. Dan, you're talking about the ceiling leak. Like the leak we talk.
2: The leak we talk about all the time. That's just dripping
0: on my left shoulder right now. That's not rain. (laughs) You can deny my magic all you want.
2: Why are you doing? these weak tricks this entire time i mean i i've seen right through this from the beginning your patron gave you these tricks can we talk to him on the phone can we call him Bonin? right now
0: yeah Bonin? yeah oh yeah he and i are tight can you I call him right now him. uh i'm I, he's at yoga class right now so i don't think okay. so
2: has he ever left you a voicemail can you play that for me
0: no listen let's just move on what do you have in control do i get a plus two
2: yes i mean it, it was very listy and you got a couple of things on there that i also have and i love those so i'm not gonna argue those yes you can have your plus two all right so i'm gonna start off with crown of madness great spell earthbind which is a fun bit of control pulling those flying creatures back down but i got something called average results once per short rest i can change any roll to a 10. mine the enemies anybody's roll, just boom it's a 10. plus two yeah i'm not done class 2 It's gonna be a plus two. I know. Now my features of a Sly Hill Goblin out of that Nord Games book give me proficiency in Artisan's tools that I use exclusively to make traps. And I have advantage on perception checks to find traps and double proficiency when it comes to disarming traps. Now I've got Zariel's Wrathful Smite. When a creature hits me with a melee attack, I can cast True Strike as a reaction. If I hit on my next attack with the true strike, they take additional damage equal charisma modifier.
0: Which you get advantage on that attack, which is pretty cool.
2: Exactly. Then Crown of Madness gets even sweeter when I use the invocation Crown's Command, where I can force the creature to actually take a move action equal to half of its move speed before it attacks, which allows me to move things around the battlefield a little bit. I think old Papa
0: is shook. I'm arguing a plus two. Yeah, you're worthy of that plus two. There's some really cool original content in there. I really like what he did with that average results. Again, haven't seen anything like this in 5e, but it feels really balanced. Uh, Some really nice original thoughts in here. What what do you think?
2: Balance is getting beaten into the ground with this build because obviously that was like the one word he put in the front of his mind when he was making this pack of the Mechanist. You know, that's what it's all about. It's all about just order and balance and i think it's really beautiful the way he's nailed all of those details
0: well then why don't you take us into the tanky category well
2: she's got an ac of 14 144 hit points but wrathful perry is now my second favorite perry after steve perry because it allows me to increase my ac to 18 and if they miss they take 16 psychic damage or half as much if they still hit me it's a long rest to reuse that but that is still super cool
0: it's a great parry but i i think i'm gonna have to knock you down a point just because tyler Perry's more impressive than that
2: okay solid point i love material here's another feature of my goblin race if an attack misses me i can use my reaction to move five feet away without provoking opportunity attacks then there's embrace of hadar when i have arms of hadar or hunger of hadar going i get resistance against almost everything except force radiant and psychic damage then with axiomatic inclination allows me to average hit die rolls during short rest plus my con so i'm not rolling a one and only getting like two hit points during a short rest so if i really need that heal i can take that as a very great option for a a little beef up in tankiness
3: that's a tanky butt guy
2: um butt guy
3: you told me i cannot swear
2: Thanks for playing by the rules, bud.
3: You got it, new papa. Now get you a plus two, and don't let that butt hat tell you otherwise.
0: Wow, them's fighting words, class. So, butt hat, what do you think? It's gonna be tough for me to argue. I- I'll I'll give you the plus two, but I'm gonna argue a plus one, and this is gonna be a case to be made, okay? Because he's got an eleven AC. With no. 176 hit points. He. Lots of. Did I mention Mr. Manhattan? Because he's also mostly naked.
2: But Mr. Manhattan was like basically untouchable. You know, this comparison you're drawing is starting to fall apart.
0: Let me make my case. I also have Predictor's Eye with. Fairs which is a 10 and 14th level ability of the Pact of the Storm Giant Warlock. When a creature within 30 feet of me that I can see makes a spell or melee attack against me, I can roll a reaction to make an insight check versus the opponent's deception check. If I succeed, I have resistance against the spell or weapon. This can be done with Out using a reaction 1d4 plus 1 times per long rest. Nice. Really cool feature, yeah. I also have Investiture of Wind, which I mentioned previously gives me a flying speed of 60 feet, but it also makes ranged spell attacks have disadvantage for up to 10 minutes. Of course, I have the Tomb of Levistus Invocation, which at this level gives me 160 temporary HP as a reaction. Of course, it melts by my next turn, but it also absorbs any damage that I take when I take it. I also have Mm. the Varm Magic Feet, which, once again, shout out to Feats of the Forgotten Realm supplement by Brian Holmes. As an action, you can summon an Elemental. It is a tiny creature crafted out of the earth, water, fire, or air. This Elemental is identical, as far as a stat block is concerned, to a Homunculus. 5 HP, AC of 13, but it's an Elemental instead, so you can replace the Bite Attack with either a fire attack, which will ignite on a failed DC 10 deck saving throw, and then they take 1d4 fire damage for each of their turns until they use their action to put the flames out. You can use an earth slam, which on a failed DC 10 strength throw, they get knocked down prone, or a water slam where they can either succeed on a DC 10 con save throw or have their speed halved until their next turn, or air slam where they are deafened on a failed DC 10 con saving throw until their next turn. That creature can last for up to 16 minutes and they will perform whatever tasks they're capable that you assign them once per long rest, but does give me a little bit of a distraction, that's why I put it in the tankiness category. Finally, I'm going to wrap all this up in a nice, neat little package with Stone's Endurance, which is a Goliath racial trait, which allows me to use my reaction to roll a D12. When you take damage, you can add your Constitution modifier to the number rolled, which in my case is a plus three, and reduce the damage by that total. So up to 15 damage reduced once per short or long rest. I'm arguing a plus one. So he has an AC of 11, but there's a lot of different things that he can do to reduce that damage.
3: A lot of talking, too distract from weak but AC plus zero
0: yeah flawed from the beginning he always was oh okay okay well I, I gotta double down with him though
2: your distraction scenario i'm not buying it this time you've used that Fine. before your your meat shields
0: Okay, fine. I'm going to move into Ally Assist, but before I do so, I'd like to talk to the listeners. Because you and I aren't getting along right now, and I kind of want to have an intimate moment. Hey, listeners, if you want even more warlocks, you can hear an interview with one on our Patreon bonus episode for January as Garen interviewed Joel Esplanade about what it's like to be a warlock. Patreon donors of $5 and up also got to hear me run through the first Fight Club gauntlet this month as my warlock from 2018 battled creatures in in increasing challenge rating until he finally fell. I didn't know about it. I thought it was really unfair. This is not Warlock Overload because we love patrons of all kinds. Check the link in the show notes for our Patreon page where you can see everything you can get starting at just $1 a month for Discord access. Thank you for listening, everyone. We are honored to be part of this community. Now, what does Bonin get in Ally Assist? You know what? For a chieftain of a settlement that's supposed to protect his town through the uh, manipulation of weather. He doesn't have a whole lot of ally assist, I'm going to be honest. Mm. He has protection from evil and good. I'm arguing a minus one here.
2: Okay, the protection from evil and good, I have used that in ally assist before, so I'll definitely give you that.
3: We basically have nothing, to.
2: Whoa, class two. I'll take it. You just handle the
0: scoring.
3: As you wish, new papa.
0: Okay. Oh, I can sense a little bit of uh, frustration. I'd hate for you to get in some sort of a large contraption and smash it to bits. No, 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 no none of that's going
2: to happen. He's just working through his programming. I mean, I have really, really refined his capabilities. Here's what I do have. I have a tiny serpent which is really helpful, you know, around long rest, tying shoes and whatnot. And I have Counterspell. And I put Counterspell here because while healing a party member is big, blocking the spell that would have damaged that party Eh, member is arguably bigger. We get it.
0: We get it. Okay, so... He's got a point plus
3: zero. Oh, I gotta
0: agree. Plus zero. No, minus one. You're better than nothing, but come on. Let's get real. (sighs) All right. All right. So, the Modrons that you encountered in your backstory were astounded and a little bit off balance by how much balance you brought. Let's see if you can knock me off my stride with how much balance you're bringing to the table. This is perfect. You ready for this? Strength of nine, dex of 17,
2: con of 12, intelligence of 14 wisdom of 11 charisma of 17 she's very quick she's very intuitive she's got great intelligence a little bit of con the strength is useless so with my decks based attacks and solid mental skills plus that charisma this is obviously a plus two one. class what are you doing
3: sorry new papa you designed me to be accurate, and this is a plus one. The goal of this show is to create a character that has adequate features in all categories while still fulfilling the duties of its role.
0: Yeah, you know, Garen, you really did fix
2: this thing. Okay, uh, he's he's got a point. I'll take a plus one.
0: Yeah, I mean, at level 16, why I would argue a plus one for you, at level 16, you really should have a higher charisma. You should be plus five without question. You're almost level 20. I'm also arguing a plus one because... You know, I've got that insane strength, the 29 strength plus 9 modifier, but that 11 AC is glaring. Also, Goliath Warlock, not an optimized build. But other than that, let me run through these numbers. I've got a 29 strength, 10 dex, 17 constitution, 8 intelligence, 11 wisdom, and a charisma of 20. I have proficiency in animal handling, arcana, athletics, nature, and survival checks, and, as I mentioned, spell save DC of 18 and a plus 10 to range spell attacks. So, I think it's an easy plus one. I don't think we need to argue about it. I think we're pretty even here.
2: Fair, fair. So, now we're going to move into our charisma scenario, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. It is submitted by, once again, our new patron, Joshua Slade. Here we go. Your party has found a clue to who or what is behind the many goblins' attacks an ancient-looking artifact. Is
0: this fossilized poo?
2: Your party asked the typical NPCs what they may know, and lo and behold, Ben Potts gave them an insta-fail on their history check. Your party is desperate to find some clues, so they go to the local library. One of your party members fortunately knows about the Dewey Decimal System, and you begin searching down the appropriate row. You find many interesting books, like Jemay Jr.'s Art of the Steel and How Casting Message Each Week Kept Me Regular by Garen Jones.
0: That's a great book. Solid read. Well, uh, not too solid. Sometimes semi-solid, but the right consistency, to be honest. <laughs> Except for after when you read a book about tacos. Then it is just... Oh, uh, game no over. No holds
2: barred. So suddenly a party member finds the book you're looking for, and Glee screams out, Over here, guys! Your ally has no idea what kind of trouble they just got into as a beholder wearing glasses on seemingly every eye comes into the row and telepathically tells you all to leave now. You want
3: a piece of these eyeballs? As the
2: party has broken the first rule of the library. What do you do... Dan, and Bonin to get out of this situation.
0: So for the smooth operator, I'm arguing a plus zero. Bonin would use two invocations that I have not yet mentioned, one of which is Shadow Veil, which is out of this supplement, and it basically allows you to traipse around, not leaving footprints on non-magical terrain unless you absolutely choose to. It also allows you to cast Pass Without a Trace once without expending a spell slot. So we're not leaving footprints, we've cast Pass Without a Trace, we've got a plus 10 to our stealth checks, and then... I would use Voice in the Void, which is another invocation out of this supplement, which allows you to cast Silence once using the Warlock spell slot. So one of those very valuable three spell slots that we get. And you don't get to do it again until you finish a long rest. But while you're inside the area of Silence spell, you can actually speak verbal spell components and be heard by other creatures in the spell's area of effect. So That's Perfect. Yeah, I can communicate with my my bros give them instructions to get out and I would scurry on out of there But I would make sure to use my ridiculous strength to throw some bookshelves over But granted it doesn't make any noise to make it even more difficult for the beholder to attack us now the nuclear option here Obviously is plane shift Which allows me and my bros to get to a different planes if things get too sticky I've got a backup plan. I understand this isn't the best i'm arguing a zero
3: i can accept a zero that might have been a plus one
2: class no i mean zero is zero is fine it had some nice stuff there and the silence while still being able to cast spells is pretty perfect
0: uh class do you um still like celery sticks by chance they are my favorite he did not program a new food
2: come here no 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 class is gonna stay here because we have two more categories class so Listen to mine. I would apologize to the Beholderbrarian.
0: I just don't think we're seeing eye to eye here.
2: And tell my party member to put the book back. I cast Animate Objects on the shelves so books start flying around Ghostbusters style. And I yell at my friend that he must have messed something up. Then I cast Arcane Gate on the spot where the book goes on the shelf and another one behind me. So I discreetly grab the book behind my back and we dip out.
0: So smooth, plus two. I do like that scenario. And you put in a little bit of a Ghostbusters element there that's supported by 5e. Plus two, without question.
3: Seriously, like Rob Thomas and Carlos Santana level smooth.
0: Man, class, you're my boy.
3: Hey, wait. How come you didn't use that song for the musical episode?
2: Because I wanted to do Fresh Prince.
3: But it's called smooth kind of the obvious choice
2: yeah maybe a little on the nose though
3: Or oh, you didn't want to sing again after you beefed it on zombie
2: okay are we done here plus two thank you let's go into spitting fire so i'm sorry i'm just getting a little hot so with my plus eight to self and plus six to arcana i sneak into the next few rows while my party stumbles their way through a whispered apology i'm sorry <laughs> i find the first book i can with any mention of demons and i return to ask the beholder why all the writing is so weird when I pretend to read it, I'm actually casting Infernal Calling, and I summon a demon that proceeds to run amok, and then we have to fight it, which destroys the library but lets my friend escape with the needed book.
3: What's your deception?
2: It's a plus four. I mean, but this is pretty good, class.
3: I mean, it's okay. You're really only using one thing and making a lot of assumptions.
2: But the demon is cool.
3: You disappoint me, New Papa. I thought your spitting fire would be at least a plus one. This is negative one territory.
2: You wanna see some spitting fire? How about this hot coffee all up in your circuit?
3: New Papa, how you turn on
0: Ah, well, it's good to see. I'm not the only hothead when it comes to guest constructs in the lab. We've killed him twice. Oh, well. Moving into wow. my... you are not
2: broken. You're not broken up at all? No. He was practically a sentient being this time.
0: Yeah, but he was also still a jerk. Straight up jerk. What am I getting on my category? I'm going to agree with class. I don't think it's technically a minus one, but I think it is zero territory. Also, there is an anti-magic field on the beholder in its center eye. So you have not addressed that. I think you're in zero territory. A lot of assumptions.
2: <laughs> totally forgot about that.
0: Yep, you're. Yeah, that's fair. All right, what do you got? So I'd stand toe-to-toe with him, and I'd use my tanky features to absorb some damage, all the while clubbing him to sub-150 territory. It's kind of like hitting a piñata. Because I believe he only has a max of 180 anyways. Then I would pass without a trace, quickly step to the side to avoid his anti-magic cone, and then on my next turn use power word stun, say, QUIET! Stunning the beholder. While stunned, oh. I'd carry him outside like a ball and dunk him in the nearest basketball hoop. <laughs> Nail in the coffin. I'm
2: arguing a plus one. Oh, man, you could have pushed me on a plus two easy on that. I hope you shattered the backboard. I'm on fire. Uh, as we've reached the end of the episode here, how do you feel about Bond in the Storm Giant Pact? Would you play this character?
0: You know, Garen, this question is eating at me because it's tough for me to swallow the thought of playing a warlock given how many times we've featured them on this show in the past few weeks. However, this supplement fills a gaping void. That is a pact with a storm deity. I Mm. love what Alex did here for flavor. There's a ton of lore to help boost your roleplay and develop a much better backstory than I did. But this should not come as a surprise to you that this supplement was great given that it was written by an instrumental member of the team that wrote the 2018 Labby Award winner for best overall supplement Face of the Forgotten Realms. Congrats, Alex. I don't think we say that enough. No, we don't. And congrats, Alex, on another huge hit with this supplement, Tome of the Pact. Again, prior to this supplement, I saw nothing out in the third-party marketplace that was a storm-centered warlock garen i don't know if you have but this is definitely filling a need
2: oh my gosh no i i hadn't seen anything like this and i hadn't seen anything like my pact of the mechanist and there's other stuff in this book that of course we weren't using in this episode but there are some really good other original items path of the mechanist as i said before the balance and the order it's all so nicely done This is a really fun Warlock class. I love my character. I love the Goblin Warlock. For some reason, it just felt so good for me. And you know what feels good on top of that is beating you 7-2. to I wish Class 2 was here to see this victory because he helped me bring it home.
0: It's a shame that he faced his fate for yet another time. We kind
2: of promised this is the it for Warlocks for a while. In fact, next week, we may not even be creating characters from
0: the 12 Classic classes. That's right, because we'll be highlighting the work of a very prolific author named Darren Kenny. Now, Darren has Dozens of subclasses, all for the core stuff that you love, as well as some brand new classes that he pulled right from his Mindscape. All of his stuff, you guessed it, right on DMs Guild. If you want a preview, we can guarantee
2: it is worth your time and dollars.
0: Thank you for telling your friends and gaming tables about the lab. It really helps us grow. If you want to reach out with character building questions or just tell us about one that you've already rolled up, our email is always open. Lab at gmail.com. We'll be
2: back next week, but for now, remember, when it comes to character creation,
0: it doesn't have to be optimized. It just has to be fun. Thanks, everyone. Hey, uh, Bonin. It's Dan. You know, Daddy, your creator. I don't mean to get all high and mighty on you, but I did roll you up, you know? Ever since then, I haven't, uh, haven't heard from you. You know, you could return a call once in a while. I... I did kind of say I needed your help with this episode, and I just kind of had to improvise. (sighs) I don't think he knew that I didn't have the magic, but anyway, you've got four more levels until 20, so don't give me that I'm an adult thing, I'm on my own. Just call me back. Hey, before you go, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the D&D Character Lab, and if you consume any other community media, you know it runs purely on listener support. This is the brainchild of Dan
2: and I, we do all the work, and if you want to support us, we have some shirts for sale. They show off minimum and maximum values for every ability score, and they're always available for sale on Spreadshirt. The link is in the show notes.
0: Garen and I are always talking stats, so we thought these would be a fun way to show off your favorite ability score to everybody else.
2: It doesn't say D&D Character Lab, it doesn't even say Dungeons and Dragons, it's just a box with a number strength, intelligence, whatever you want across the top.
0: This way, when somebody tells you that they like your shirt on the street, it's because they've tuned into that very specific reference and you may have just made a new friend for life.
2: The shirts are also available in V-neck and tank top if you're feeling fancy and or trashy.
0: Yeah, well, and you can also get the ability score on a mug. If starting your morning without a coffee isn't a constitution save, then I don't know what is.
2: Check the link, check our merch, and check back with us next week for another great
0: episode of The Lab. Until then, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at DND Character Lab. Our social media is full of memes, book discussions, retweets, all of the other great community creators out there. Thanks for being a listener. Peace, love, and point by.